Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. Stop for a minute and ask yourself where your phone is. Chances are you shoved it in your pocket. And what else is in there? Gum, a hair clip, a random receipt? We don't think much about the humble pocket until we don't have one. Pockets have had a unique trajectory in fashion. Men's clothes are full of practical pockets. Women's clothing, not so much. We'll talk to a fashion historian about the origins of pockets, what their contents say about us, and the gender politics at play. Could you live without a pocket? That's all coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal pockets. You don't really think about them until you don't have one. Take, for example, this letter written by seven-year-old Cameron Gardner to the retailer Old Navy. I do not like that the front pockets of the girls' jeans are fake. I want front pockets because I want to put my hands in them. I also would like to put things in them. Would you consider making girls' jeans with front pockets that are not fake? Well, Cameron's complaint is a familiar one. The fake front pocket, the lack of pockets, the presence of really tiny pockets that have no use, and of course, the infamous cargo pant short pocket. Where did the pocket come from? And why do men's clothes have so many pockets and women's clothing so few? Fashion historian Hannah Carlson can answer all these questions. She's a senior lecturer in apparel design at RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design, and she's got a new book, Pockets, An Intimate History of How We Keep Things Close. Welcome to Forum, Hannah. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Well, I did a pocket inventory this morning, and if you include my puffer jacket, I'm sporting nine pockets. And I'm curious about you, Hannah. How many pockets are you wearing today? I uh, just have two because I'm, you know, on Zoom and happy to be here, but I'm practically in my pajamas. <laughs> well, as with Cameron Gardner, the seven-year-old from the intro, I think a pocket is something you don't think much about until you don't have one. And you've written 200 plus pages about the pocket. Do you agree with that sentiment? Oh, absolutely. I mean, until you're temporarily stranded, I think you just don't think about them. We take them for granted. Um, you know, until until you think, oh, my God, I've locked myself out of the car or the house. And you do that patting yourself down gesture and realize that, you know, nothing is there. Nothing. Well, I cannot tell you how many times a female female friend has told me about a new dress or a skirt. and They've twirled around and they said, it's got pockets like this is a revelation um, and the second coming. 
it feels like you win a lottery, especially if you're a woman and you have pockets in your clothing. Why is that? Well, I mean, I think because they are, we do not trust that they'll be there. And so we've trained ourselves to sort of understand that clothes are not going to be, they don't have our back. Um, so you always have alternative places to put things. And, um, you know, women in general tend to carry bags. Right. And the pocket has been a little bit controversial since they first came on the scene. Tell us a little bit, Hannah, about where the pocket came from. Well, they seem to have started about 500 years ago. Um, they show up in Taylor's inventories, invoices, about you know the 1540s. And it's sort of a mystery. No one knows why. I mean, I think um, men's clothes at that time um, their breeches, you know, their trousers were these huge sort of pumpkin shaped things. And I suspect that the purse, which had been a universal feature of dress, uh, suddenly kind of didn't look great right there at the waist. And Taylor said, oh, let's just stuff this bag inside your breeches. Um, I have no proof of that. That's just my, that's just my guess. Um, so it happens first in menswear. Um, and as you said, they did cause quite a bit of anxiety at first. I mean, you think it's just a nifty device. Um, but some of the first objects that were scaled to fit into pockets were small scale guns, pocket pistols. And this caused great anxiety. And the anxiety, it seems natural, but tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, for the first time, um, you could walk around and you could hide, you know, hide a weapon. It was a concealed weapon. The the first weapons actually were wheel lock pistols and they were a new kind of gun, which meant that they were really small. You didn't have to take out uh, a three foot long pistol and use both hands to light it. So there was the, the, the first assassination of a uh, political leader by handgun caused a sensation. Um, the, this, the assassin approached the Prince William the Silent, and it looked as though he was just reaching into his trousers to sort of grab a letter and hand that letter to the ruler, but instead he drew out a pistol and shot him at close range. And it was just considered unmanly. You know, this guy was this schlumpy guy, and he, he wasn't valor. He didn't look brave, and he managed to sort of uh, you know, commit this shocking murder. So I think um, this idea that uh, with a pocketed or a concealed weapon, your valor was not discernible, that, that was surprising. I mean, you go from this time when, you know, as you said in your book, you know, the men are wearing purses, they're tied around their waist, and, and their swords are visible to this time where now these pockets, and they're they're different in size, right? They're big ones and they're small ones where men could put things away. Um, you know, the, this vision of what today we think of as the three-piece suit kind of comes out of the 17th century when the English kind of the red coat comes into fashion. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think the, the, the fascinating thing about the suit is that it really just, um, uh, the pockets just proliferate, you know, they, <laughs> they go everywhere, you know, you can have them in, inside the breast, at the tail, in your trousers. Um, and it was as though the suit was a portable storehouse. Mm. It was sort of, a, you know, like you had a, a bureau drawers, right, in, in, in your clothing. Um, and so at that point, I think um, that really just codified the idea that pockets are for menswear and you could move around and have everything you needed um, on your person. 
So Thomas Jefferson was called a walking calculator, you know, by his <laughs> friends because he had so much stuff. He had a thermometer, a surveying compass, a sextant, a level, writing instruments, a globe, a notebook. And it was as though uh, the suit is almost as important as all these new artifacts of the Enlightenment, that that doing and knowing requires tooling, you know, all these devices that allow you to measure and sort of, you know, navigate the world. I mean, the pocket itself creates the miniaturization of these tools, as you were saying, like the the pocket watch and the pocket knife all come because the pocket was invented. Yeah. And suddenly makers and tradesmen say, oh, we could just miniaturize all of this. And there are all sorts of new springs and scales and, you know, the, the miniature of the small, I'm sorry, the, the science of the small is explored uh, once you have once you have these places to put things in. Yeah, your your world is your pocket. So men are getting these pockets and they get to carry around, you know, their chest of drawers on their bodies. Why are women not getting pockets? Well, you know, until about 1800, women have pockets and perfectly serviceable pockets. And uh, dress historians call them tie-on pockets. So you would um, tie a bag, basically, at your waist and you wear it under your skirt. And you would have slits in your skirt that allow you to reach under those big skirts into the pocket. Um, and, and for a long time, you know, there's no jealousy, no upset, because um, you can carry just as much stuff uh, in your pockets. It's not until around 1800 when fashion changes and you get the first um, fashion handbag. And that's because think of um, uh, Jane Austen movies, you know, those mm-hmm. dresses that are really columnar and they fall right from the breast. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there's no place to have that uh, tie on pocket under your skirt. And so the pocket, which was underwear for women, comes out and now you hold your pocket in your hand. And there was all sorts of sort of uh, commentary about how silly women were now that they had now that they were carrying their pockets in their hands. And did once the that fashion went out of style and women are wearing bigger skirts, what happens to the pocket? Well, pockets sort of go in and out. So from around 1800, uh, women can't rely on pockets because they come and go. Um, in the 1860s, when you have sort of Civil War era and those really big bell skirts with the hoops, there's plenty of room for pockets. Um, but by the 1880s, when all of that material is pushed to a big bustle, um, there's sort of only room maybe for one at the bustle. So it's it's like a moving target. One, <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, Charlotte Perkins Gilman said, you know, men's clothes, their pockets remain in place and fashion changes around them. But for women, the you know, the po- pockets sort of move around and you never know if you're going to have it or not. Yeah, I mean, your book is great. It has loads of pictures. And one that struck me is this image of these women in the 19th century. And they literally have yards and yards of fabric made into a bustle. I mean, they're carrying these bolts of fabrics on their backsides. And there doesn't seem to be room for one single pocket. Whereas you write, sometimes the pocket was in the bustle, so it wasn't very useful. Right. And there's this great, um, this, this one contributor wrote a letter to Harper's Bazaar, I think in 1880, and said, Oh, there she is. There I am online trying to get on the bus, you know, in Boston. And there's a waiting line of people getting more and more. um, uh, What's the word? They're getting annoyed with me. And I'm struggling to get my pocket, turn around, reach it from reach my purse in my bustle. Um, And she says, as the conductor is 
saying, hurry up. She says, how can I reach my pocket? It's in South Boston. You know, so this <laughs> idea that it's just not easy, you know, and you have to, you know, so there's lots of very funny, you know, commentary uh, in this period. Well, a lot about why women don't have pockets is a little bit about gender policing, about what women should look like and, you know, that the pocket might be too bulky for the form they're trying to create. Well, I mean, that's, I think, a common com- a common excuse, I think. Um, you know, Charlotte, uh, no, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, the women's rights um, uh, advocate, uh wrote a a piece about her fight with her dressmaker. So in the 19th century, until 1920, you cannot buy a dress off the rack. It has to be made because it has to fit your body in particular. And she says, I want pockets. And the dressmaker says, if I include pockets, it's going to bulge you out all over, right? So the slim (laughs) silhouette is supposed to be the, you know, the ideal. But there are other people who said, you know, there's ways to fit pockets absolutely in a, in a in the female sort of silhouette. Lots of designers figure, have figured out great places to to put pockets. So I tend to think this idea of slimness is really mm, a kind of a lazy excuse. Mm. Well, we're talking about the humble pocket, the five pocket jean, the breast pocket, the fob pocket. You do not think about a pocket until you do not have one. Our guest today, Hannah Carlson, is a senior lecturer at the Rhode Island School of Design, where she teaches about dress history and material culture. Her new book is Pockets, an intimate history of how we keep things close. And of course, we want to hear from you. What's an item of clothing that has been made better or worse because of a pocket or lack of one? And what's your frustration with a pocket? What's your delight? You can give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Discord, or Facebook. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Grace Swan in for Alexis Madrigal. We are talking about pockets. The pocket in your breast pocket, the pocket in your fob, you know, pockets. You just don't think about them until you don't have one. Our guest today, Hannah Carlson, a senior lecturer at the Rhode Island School of Design, has written a new book about pockets. 
Pockets. Pockets, an intimate history of how we keep things close. And we certainly want to hear from you. What's an item of clothing that's been made better or worse because you had a pocket or you didn't have one? And do you have more? Do you have enough pockets or would you like some more? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Discord, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're at KQED Forum. Hannah, before the break, we were talking about, you know, how women didn't have pockets. What helped women eventually get pockets? Today, you'll find them in your clothing. What was the um, kind of the catalyst for women getting more pockets? I think um, it's the turn of the 20th century and the shift to modern clothes. Um, Once you don't have trailing bustles and um, uh, corsets, um, modern dress really accepts um, and and invites pockets. And and often in women's wear, you know, Vogue in 1910 said, oh my God, this is so exciting. Uh, It's a new, pockets are a new decorative element in design. And so suddenly um, pockets sprout sort of everywhere, but whether or not they're useful then becomes the question. Um, So Erche in 1915 had this, uh, a designer that was featured in Harper's Bazaar, had these beautiful pockets and he was, they were so playful, like wonderful mittens, <laughs> you know, sort of patch pockets in the shape of mittens, um, pockets at your hips that you could wear, you could put tennis balls for a, a sweater, but, you know, very sort of exuberant and delightful pockets that mimic other shapes. Um, and so I think that's when it really takes off. And, you know, Okay, I'll just say that. That's where it takes off. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of comments. And I want to go right to the phones to Amy in San Francisco. Um, Amy, thanks for joining us. Um, I think you have something to say about pockets. Hold on one second. Well, We'll get to Amy in one second, but um, here's Tony from uh, a listener from Discord. He writes, I like to have as little as possible in my pocket. I don't like to carry bags since I usually would forget and leave them behind. My pocket currently has an AirPod case, my phone case with two credit cards, two IDs, two medical cards, car car and house keys, a Berkeley library card, and I tend to move to digital versions of my SF library card, a Clipper card, but I don't trust e-payment cards enough. I mean, Tony, it does sound like you have a lot in your pockets, and I'm impressed by by that. Um, and another listener writes, I would like to know about the tiny pocket inside the main pocket on blue jeans. I've heard two theories that is, one is what they were originally meant for. One was to hold a coin or a watch. What's the real story? Hannah, do you know anything about jeans and pockets? Well, I think that little that little watch is referencing um, the fob pocket. And you're absolutely right. It could be either, originally the fob pocket in the 16th century is for... Um, yeah, anything valuable like coins or watches. Um, the reason that you know a watch was not carried on the wrist until around World War One, and so having it, but this a very expensive object, you wanted it very close, and so the the fob was originally in the waistband, and I think jeans um, are just referencing. Uh, that fob pocket um, and making sure that you have one little spot where you know you can reach something like a coin. Oh, it's so nice. Okay, well, let's go back to the phones. We've got Amy in San Francisco. Amy, welcome to Forum. Hi, thank you. Thanks for covering such an obscure but important topic. <laughs> That's what we're here for on Forum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I've actually been very deliberate in what kind of clothes I buy and that they have to have usable pockets 
not only in my pants, but also more recently in my shirts. I like to have lots of pockets and kind of like the guy, I think, who just wrote in, I don't like carrying a purse or, you know, sometimes on weekends I'll carry a backpack just because I need my kids stuff, but I prefer to not carry anything. So I, you know, deliberately do pockets and I got actually got so fed up with not only not having pockets, but I think, you know, your guest was also talking about silhouette and how women's bodies are shaped. I got so fed up with not having anything with pockets that fit my body or anything that fit my body anyway. I actually designed my own pants called Curved Wear. And one of the very first things that I thought about was this has to have usable, huge pockets that we can use. And I love that you were talking about the fob pocket because, um, I actually prefer mine with like a little zipper so that I can carry a credit card or something in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just such a, such an important thing. I think that women think about that men may or may not think about, I don't know. And they don't have it. Well, I love that you created your own line of clothing so you could have the right pockets, Amy. I mean, Hannah, are people, are fashion designers responding to this desire that women and men have to just be able to carry everything in their universe on their body? I think, sure, to some degree. And I think um, a lot of clothing um, is just a lot better. It's sportswear, uh, anything technical, gear. It's great. Women's wear, men's wear, you know, gender agnostic clothing. Um, I think, but I think when you come to uh, daily workwear and evening wear, that's where it really falls down. You can go into any department of uh, mass market children's wear. And when you look at the girls section, I think that actually reveals that we have not come as far as we would like to. Um, You know, Cameron's complaint is still has not been recognized. Um, you, you know, the fact that children's clothes, I think sort of reveal what we think women's wear should look like, mm-hmm. um, I think still says that retrograde ideas about um, gender are still alive and well. And so even though we've made great progress, um, you actually have to be careful as the caller Amy was just suggesting, you actually have to be really, um, you have to look out for pockets and make sure they're gonna be there menswear it's standard part of doing business and it's still up to the buyer to beware mm. well, you cite this fascinating 2018 article about the size of women's pockets like even if a piece of clothing for a woman has a pocket in it you can't be guaranteed that it will actually fit anything um, tell us a little bit about that study and what it found that is just an amazing study it's um uh 2018 and it's in the pudding um and it's uh it's a Graphic designers uh, who are trying to understand, you know, using graphic design to understand uh, qualitative, quantitative, um, I'm sorry, information. So they, I think they measured about 70 genes available uh, in the mass market and measured the pockets and showed that, um, uh, you know, what could fit in there, your hand, a pen, a wallet, a phone, and women's wear pockets tended to be half as short, I'm sorry, half as deep and, you know, 15% less wide. And so, you know, often you could only fit your hand up to your knuckle, you know, pocket phones as phones have gotten bigger uh, are, are terrible. You, you cannot fit phones often in front pockets, say. Um, so that was my one exciting bit, you know, somebody actually, you know, did a study. So that was great, great fun to, to quote and to use. Yeah. I, I mean, just looking at that 
that study. I mean, I was thinking I can put my phone in my back pocket of my jeans, but I really can't and fit you, them in my front <laughs> pocket. And then do you want to sit down? You know? Yes, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it is a trial. Um, going back to the comments, we have a, a listener who writes. I do not care for pockets. As a female, I prefer my clothes without them. I think clothes without pockets provide a sleeker look. A handbag or a purse hold my things. I mean, there are people who don't need the pockets. And for sure, women, they want pockets, but they also carry purses. Tell us a little bit about that. Like we, I mean, the purse is not going away, is it? Oh, no, certainly not. And people love purses. And I, I, you know, let me just say that there are so many books about bags. So there have been wonderful exhibitions, <laughs> you know, and, and there just had to be one about pockets. But um, uh, some people, you know, the, the bag, um, the so the reticule of the 1800s develops into a much sturdier handbag by the end of the 19th century. And it's shaped and sort of made, and it's referring to luggage. And it's um, it becomes sort of this wonderful and beautiful accessory. And some people love it more, you know, the purse is becoming more and more acceptable for men to wear as well and hold. Um, but others don't, you know, you have to have, you have to keep track of it. You know, there's some bit of psychic energy, you know, has to be alive to, oh, where did I put it down? Did I get it when I got out of the bus? You know, that that's something that some people don't like. Um, suffragists called the purse a badge of servitude mm. um, and, and, and didn't want to have to carry it around. I think, if we think of trousers and skirts as sort of, you know, historically gendered, uh, I think the pocket and the purse is the second, you know, most important sort of gendering of clothes. Well, there's also a real fascination about what we keep in our pockets. Part of your book, you talk about comparing the contents of boys' pockets and women's purses. When little boys in the 19th century were carrying around what amounts to like a human trash can, it was more like, oh, that's so cute. And then if you find like three breath mints and a wad of Target receipts in a woman's purse, it's like that woman is on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Tell us a little bit about how we as a culture have thought about the content of pockets and what's okay and not okay to have in them. Uh, yeah, I had so much fun thinking about, about that. There was in the 19th century, just all of this commentary about this this greatest curiosity, what a boy holds in his pockets. And, and, and they often started with the gambit. Have you ever turned a boy's pockets inside out? Um, you know, and they just had tons of trash and treasure, a cornucopia of the mundane. Um, and I think there's a sense that because it's private, the pocket was a measure of who you are. Um, and I think for parents, this wonderful inventory of pocketed objects um, and for the press sort of reveal that boys had this amazing um, ability to, to range widely. They were, they, they, you know, lots of living turtles and nat natural, you know, artifacts were also there. So I think it suggested just that they had this freedom. Uh, and this was important at a time when the U.S. is really industrializing and, and urbanizing. And I think it was nostalgic, This these lists that show up everywhere in the 19th century. Um, but boys are allowed to be messy. Mm -hmm. uh, girls' pockets, mm, very neat and tidy. You know, um, Alice of Alice in Wonderland only has a thimble in her pocket. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, you're, there's no candy that's melting and there are no live frogs uh, in girls pockets you know i think girls are supposed to be you know what is it boys 
uh, what's that, that rhyme, um, oh, sugar and spice and everything nice, you know, and what are boys, boys made of? Boys. You know, I think this, it's, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds like based on what I read in your book, they're made out of uh, little frogs and eel skins as well as yes. trash. So, and I have a boy, so um, I'm, I'm not trashing boys, but it's just, it is this dichotomy between what you're allowed to have and what you're supposed to have. And it's, I don't think it's a, I think it's purposeful that Alice in Alice in Wonderland is carrying a thimble. It's useful and it's tidy. Um, let's go back to the phones. We've got Susan from Livermore. Susan, welcome to Forum. Hey there, this is such a fun conversation. I'm having a blast. So I have a pocket that sort of kind of changed my life a little bit. There's a women, all women's running company called Wazelle that started putting pockets tight on the thigh of their running shorts and tights because they recognize that women want to run with their telephones because you're running, you know, you might be 10 miles from home on a long run and you want to be sure that you have rescue if you get into trouble. And that thigh pocket is showing up all over the big sort of retailers like Athleta. They're doing them now. And my favorite cycling wear company, um, Rafa, is putting thigh company um, pockets on their um, cycling shorts now. And I just thought, you know, it's just, it's a life changer. It's, it's made me feel safe to go a very long way from home, knowing my phone is right there if I need it. Oh, I love yeah. it. So, uh, yeah. Hannah, what do you make of the thigh pocket? Well, I think that our clothes change. Uh, po- pockets and clothes evolve together. And as we have, you know, that kind of, some of those pockets at the thigh are right at the seam and they're just really well-made and constructed. And I think um, they do make you look sort of funny, like you have this funny lump you know, on Mm -hmm. your thigh, what's growing there. But um, as we have new technology and new objects, our pockets, um, you know, especially in sportswear, um, have, you know, met that need. Yeah. Well, it's it's the thigh pocket seems to be the opposite of the breast pocket, you know, where it's in your book, you were talking about how even in World War Two, they would make these women's uniforms and whether or not they should have a breast pocket was quite controversial. Uh, that was just a. I just loved that story because it's it's hard to imagine for us now. But um, when during World War II, uh, the when the wax were being um, the first uh, women were being in, inducted into the army, they had to figure out how to make a uniform, and um, there was all sorts of testing uh, to see what looked good. And there were these tests, according to Maddie um, Hartwell, who wrote a history of the Corps where people would put a pack of cigarettes in the breast pocket to see how that looked. And it was lumpy and misshapen. And the military designer said, oh, no, we can't do that. It disrupted ideas of femininity. And so for me, even the military would rather follow cultural expectations about gender than follow ideas about function and utility. So eventually that breast pocket turned into just the flap uh, and the military had to design this ridiculous sort of bag and purse. And there are um, posters, uh, recruitment posters from the 1940s that show women, you know, in their uniforms, carrying a pocketbook to war, and th- <laughs> which is just so crazy. What every woman needs, you know. Right. Um, well, let's go back to the phones. We've got Yolanda from Richmond. Yolanda, welcome to Forum. 
Thanks so much. Uh, I just wanted, and thanks for having this conversation. Um, I just wanted to talk about how it's, it's difficult for parents, and I think especially mothers, when you're out shopping with your preschool girl, and, and she comes across this dilemma, right? They have these little tights, and they're like four or five, and, and you have to explain to them that, yeah, it's not fair. And they, they're like, why don't they have pockets? Like, I, and they can see it. And, and it's like this moment where you're like, wow, this is when it starts. Like the, like the inequality begins now. And, and it's this, this understanding of, like, you kind of see this life flash by. You're like, yeah, inequality in funding for sports, inequality in your pay. And this real moment when they kind of start to learn that. Uh, my kid was so much happier when she could kind of let these binary boxes fall away and really be brave enough because it, it does require courage to kind of cross into other clothing departments, you know, to get mm. those boy pants. And I just remember how heartbreaking that was when oh. she was little. Yolanda, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for that observation. Hannah, what do you make of that? Oh, no, I, I'm so there with you. I mean, I think it takes courage. It There's so much coding and so much gendering in children's wear if you try to go and get those shorts from the boys section, the color, you know, actually sort of outs you, doesn't it? I mean, you, you, you cannot, it takes courage for the, for the young wearer to, to, to be seen in, in the boys shorts. And it's just, it's early. And I think um, I, I agree, you know, there, I found lots of evidence of, um, young girls and um, mothers, um, you know, sewing their own clothes, uh, adding pockets. um, And that's another theme. Well, we're talking about pockets, um, the big ones, the small ones, the ones that don't exist. We're joined by Hannah Carlson, a senior lecturer at Rhode Island School of Design, where she teaches about dress history. Her new book is Pockets, an intimate history of how we keep things close. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum after the break. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. We are talking about pockets, and we have so many good comments about them. We're joined by Hannah Carlson. She's a senior lecturer at the Rhode Island School of Design, and her new book is Pockets, An Intimate History of How We Keep Things Close. 
So Joan writes, I love pockets. I never carry a purse anymore, which feels safer since purses are such a target for theft. Pants now have pockets big enough to carry a cell phone and with a handkerchief and lip gloss. I'm set for any adventure. Purses are such a hassle and weigh on your shoulder. Pockets are perfect. And Rochelle writes, When I got married, I found a beautiful wedding dress and felt lovely in it the whole day. However, I regret not having having it tailored to include pockets. I found myself wishing I could easily access my own lipstick, breath mints, and cell phone on that day. But without pockets, I had to keep everything at our table or in my groom's tuxedo jacket. Whereas this listener writes... Pockets were the secret weapon in my daughter's wedding gown. This was a gorgeous gown with fitted bodice, full skirt, off-the-shouldered, bejeweled neckline. And what made her seal the deal? Discovering pockets. Pockets are such a thing. And Suni finally writes, the absence of women's pockets is about fashion companies saving money. I worked in the design industry, and even the tiniest button is priced into the garment. Leaving out those seams cut costs. They continue to use the slim figure excuse, but it's just that. This is all about money. Hannah, I wanted to ask you, as somebody who studies fashion, how do you make a pocket? What goes into actually sewing those into a garment? Well, it doesn't take much fabric, um, but it actually takes a lot of negotiation. I mean, you really have to make sure that it's going to fly lie flat and fit. And my students at RISD tell me that they have to uh, mock one up and you know go through several rounds of getting it right. Uh, so they tell me it takes a commitment. And I think that's, um, you know, it's not only money, but it's the sort of like design energy and commitment to, to, to get it, to, to make it. Um, there have been American designers like uh, the sportswear designer, Claire McCardle, who was always arguing with her production manager to insist that, you know, women's pockets, you know, she could include the ones she wanted. Yeah, it's a, and there are lots of different kinds of pockets. I mean, they're the the pockets that are patched on the outside. They're the kinds that come with jeans. I mean, and there's some ingenious pockets. I mean, I have a blazer where the pocket is a vertical slit, and you can mm-hmm. barely see that it's there. And it's one of my favorite jackets because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, women's wear very infrequently has an interior breast pocket. Like that would be a great place to to house stuff, uh, or the interior at the hip. Um, and, and every once in a while you find something and think, ah, I'm going to stick with this company. You know, it looks really great. Yeah. I I mean, some pockets have stood the test of time and other pockets have seemed to go by the wayside. Are there certain types of pockets that you think should be universal? Oh, I, I don't know about universal. I think that's, that's, uh, that's hard. I certainly do love a really good trouser pocket because that allows you not only to carry stuff. I think one of the most important things that we carry are our hands. Um, You can be at a cocktail party and feeling really anxious. And if you do not have pockets uh, in your skirt or trousers, uh, you can't sort of relax. You know, you don't want to show your nervous hands. So um, that for me is really, really important. Well, let's go back to the phones. Canyon from San Francisco. Welcome to Forum. Hi, thank you. Um, just to bring in a little cross-cultural reference, uh, I used to work with the Tibetans, and when the Dalai Lama came to start coming to the West, he said, the greatest invention is pockets. Uh, because in, in Tibet, the way they wore robes, they didn't have pockets. You wore these sort of, uh, you know, waistcoats, and you would put the right flap, the right-hand side 
and then you had covered it with the left-hand side, and then you would wear a waist sash, and everything you wanted to carry with you, you would put inside your front. So you, you were right-handed, and you put it in there. And so their whole chest had all their stuff, which means if you took off your robe, it would be a big problem, right? But they never took it off. You know, they would if they got hot, they would drop off one shoulder, and if they got really hot, they would drop off another shoulder, and then if they got cold, they'd put on one shoulder, etc. But you should see the amount of stuff they would carry, like everything but the kitchen sink and the and on their chest and hidden inside the robe because they didn't have pockets. Yeah, I... Well, but they did. I mean, the, the chuba robe, which you're discussing from Tibet, has a temporary pocket. And I think that is what, um, uh, you know, closed the world over, um, have all sorts of ways to to include some kind of holding space. And I think I define the pocket as something that's stitched in and inset, but certainly temporary pockets um, show up all over. I mean, in Rome, you know, in the toga there was also a spot called the sinus where you could stick um, useful things. And it's just made in the way that you drape the cloth over your body. Well, let's go to the phones with Linda in Santa Rosa. Hi, Linda. Welcome mm-hmm. to Forum. Hi, thank you. What's your comment about pockets? Um, this is uh, for my husband. Uh, he's complained uh, for the last few years that they've removed the pocket from dress shirts. And he's very unhappy about that and wishes they would put them back. Hannah, what do you think about the pocket in a dress shirt? I mean, even men now are complaining about the lack of pockets. Well, I, I think you should write a great letter and um, <laughs> we will, you know, play it on air. <laughs> um, what? It's useful, right? A, a, a pocket on a dress shirt. I mean, we think, how can you depict a nerd if you don't have a pocket protector and somebody with a calculator in their shirt pocket? I mean, it, it feels like Hollywood needs to bring the breast pocket back on the shirts. Um, and there are, I, I, I want to talk about sh- clothes that feature pockets, and we are getting a lot of love for the cargo pant. Caroline writes, it reminds me of the glorious heyday of cargo pants in the 90s. I'm loving that those pants are back. As a high school and college student, my cargo pockets were always stuffed full of things. And while it still pulled on my pants because they were weighed down, the pants were sturdier. Um, And you talk about the cargo pant and have a great Roz Chast uh, cartoon in your book as well. Tell us about the cargo pant. Um, Well, I think it is really fun. You know, it was, it's an obvious patch pocket. Um, and I think it's really develops in World War II and whether it's the British or the Americans who develop it, unclear. But um, it was a way for the military when they're designing their um, uh, combat uniform to make sure there was enough room to carry everything during World War II, which was a mobile war. So unlike World War I in the trenches, um, the military designers carried out tests and as they were watching um, soldiers move around, you know, they said, ah, they can fight out of their coat and pant pockets. They are absolutely equipped. And this is why we're going to adopt this really slouchy uniform that, you know, some people could not stand, (laughs) but it was so functional. Uh, And then I think everybody, you know, in the nineties, that utility moment is picking up on the glamor um, that is associated with, bravery of military action. And it just became a huge thing in the 90s. Uh, It was called utility chic. uh, And they just show up everywhere. 
And of course, GQ, you see saying, oh, don't overstuff them. You don't want to look sloppy. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to say that our intern Jericho today is sporting a pair of cargo pants that are mixed with the jogger style. It's it. It feels very utilitarian. And he says comfortable. So, you know. Um, but this Raj Chas cartoon, it's it's the new grandma cargo pant. And the things in the grandma cargo pant include knitting, uh, bananas, extra sweater, Splenda, hard candies, and her last will and testament. I mean, the cargo pant is the ultimate utilitarian uh, uh, pant slash pocket item, I feel. Yeah, it becomes universal. And note that she domesticates that cargo pocket mm. and makes it and, and genders it female and highlights, celebrates grandma. So, you know, so in other words, the cargo pant has moved so far beyond its original uh, its original source. Yeah, well, I'm convinced that the puffer vest, you know, that's part of the Silicon Valley uniform, is mm-hmm. because men want more pockets. What do you think? Well, that I think that's part of it. But I think the other part is just to look casual and sporty and to reject the three-piece suit. Mm. You know, I think there's part of that is there, too. Well, and, you know, talking to friends about pockets, one of my friends was saying, well, I need a pocket because I have to have a place to put my hands. And you look cooler when you have like one hand in your pocket and you're just kind of leaning against a wall, sort of James Dean style. I mean, do you think the pocket is important for how you look, how you appear to the world? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think clothes allow you to change your gestures and to feel comfortable. Um, and I, I, the hands in pocket pose is just so fascinating because think about it. Most gestures require you to move your hands, you, you know, like whether you're making the hump thumbs up sign or some sort of balletic, um, you know, as I talk, I'm always moving my hands. However, putting them inside your clothes is just as expressive, which is kind of a mystery. Um, And so I had a lot of fun exploring that. I think on the one hand, if you look at etiquette, it's rude to put your hands in your pockets or it used to be considered rude. It was too close. Uh, You know, pockets locate to lust. Mm. They're in and around the erogenous zone. And so that's why mothers and educators were always saying, get your hands out of your pockets. Um, (laughs) But of course, that's what makes them sexy and why fashion um, absolutely promotes breaking the rules because that's how, you know, subversive fashion, you know, that's how it works. But the other thing that makes it cool is that when your hands in your pockets, um, it's, it's cool because it suggests a kind of disengagement um, you know, we read the hand being contained as the person, you know, as the person's emotional, um, what's the word? It's like disengagement. Mm. So I don't know. So I think that they're nonchalant, also- right? Yeah, they're, it's like, I don't yeah. care. I'm just standing here and I've got my thumb um, hooked okay. on my jean pocket. Right. Yep. And yeah. I'm not looking at you, but you know, and it's sort of this, it moves between sexual charisma and mystery. And I think that's why it's remained so cool. Yeah. We have, uh, so Svetlana writes, 
I still remember my ninth birthday visit to a roller coaster theme park. I had just been gifted my first pair of pants with zippered pockets, which I wore on this outing. I was able to save all my spending money, which was entirely made up of coins, and my very berry chapstick. And that day, it, the pockets were an extreme success as I spiraled and topsy-turvied my way through the park with friends and family. There was an aha moment for me at nine years old, and I have since been the, championing the concept of zippered pockets with incredible zeal. Where does the zippered pocket show up uh, in clothing, Hannah? Well, I think zippers are invented in the 1930s. Um, Scaparelli uses them pretty soon thereafter. And I don't know exactly the first pocket that's zippered, but it certainly, as a decorative element, suggests that you are really contained, you know, that you have what you need and it's going to be secure. Um you know, some pockets are sort of slouchy and really open and invite, I don't know, they're, uh, I mean, I think the zipper, in other words, suggests the opposite. So the, it's certainly fashion uses zippered pockets, really big, heavy ones as, um, uh, to just suggest this kind of real sort of functional, aggressive functionality, I think these days. Hmm. Suzanne writes, my trans daughter started wearing traditionally female clothes at age 15. I noticed she gravitated to one dress in particular. And when I asked her why that was her favorite, she said, it's the only dress that has pockets. I laughed and said, welcome to womanhood. I mean, it's just why don't dresses, all dresses have pockets in them or more pockets? Well, you know, I think in the end, um, women's wear and men's wear evolved really differently. Um, uh, we have this tradition of not thinking that, um, women's clothes are meant for pockets. Um, the purse arrives, um, it's expensive and a pain to add them, you know, all of these things add up and then, uh, it's really hard to change people's minds. Um, and I think that's, you know, there's no one answer, uh, but it has to do with tradition, the patriarchy power, you know, all of these things come together. Um, and, what we make, I think, suggests um, in, in, in really interesting ways, um, we can't say out loud, oh, you know, even though there's been third wave feminism, we're not exact, you know, equality has not yet been achieved. Um, and I think the things that we make, um, make concrete and tangible ideas about gender. So, you know, gendered characteristics don't exist as reality. And, you know, to live comfortably with these ideas. I think we need to make objects that give us evidence of their truth. And there is a way in which um, this lack of pockets sort of really tells us that feminist gains have remained partial and equivocal. You know, the separation between beauty and utility is still is still there. Well, Christine from El Cerrito is on the line. Christine, thanks for joining us on Forum. Oh, hi, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you for this wonderful program. So um, my my comment is about uh, the, the, I think that pockets, like the lack of pockets on women is has to do with the, our reliance on purpose, pur- purses, sorry, which I think reflects the expectations on women to have more stuff and to have more responsibilities. So if you look at what's not in men's pockets, that is in women's purses, that'll tell you what all the things that we're responsible for that men aren't. So that's, that's my only comment. Thank you. Um, can I just say there's a great article in the cut about that idea that 
in a subway car, someone spilled their coffee and who raced to help wipe it up? Every single woman in the car had so much stuff in her purse that they managed from tissues and toilet paper and whatever, you know, <laughs> co- sort of collectively sort of to take care of the mess. And that's certainly true. The guy standing there just sort of looked at them like, oh, Huh. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for a man to have in his cargo pocket all the things that most women carry in their purse. I mean, the, they're gusseted pockets. I think there's room for stuff, more stuff in there, don't you think, Hannah? I think there is, yeah. <laughs> um, well, when you think about the future of pockets, I mean, you talk a little bit um, – about the fact that some people don't want pockets at all, and maybe there'll be a world where we have no pockets. Is that achievable? Um, I don't think it is. I think futurists and technologists sort of imagine a world where we could abolish all encumbrance um, and sort of move through the world like we're, you know, without having to carry anything at all. Uh, And so there have been all these experiments, this sort of science fiction meets um, fashion synergy where wearables like our cloth could be wired to take up um, the role of many objects. Um, I would say to date, we don't have a digital form of handkerchief and we are still going to need pockets. Uh, I don't, I think people that, oh, it has pockets excitement suggest Mm -hmm. that wearers still want them. Um, So I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think I want to be a walking cell phone tower. So <laughs> no, no, the surveillance issue is horrible. Yes, yes. Well, we've been talking about the humble pocket with Hannah Carlson. She's a senior lecturer at the Rhode Island School of Design, where she teaches about dress history and material culture. Her new book is called Pockets: An Intimate History of How We Keep Things Close. It's a good one. You could pick it up in an independent bookstore near you. Hannah, thanks so much for being on the show. It's just been so wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much. It's been great. Yeah. And as we go out, Sue writes, I'm in my 70s, and I'm an odd size. So for the first 40 or 50 years of my life, I made my I made most of my own clothes. I always put pockets in everything. Now I tend to buy more clothes ready-made, and I refuse to buy anything that doesn't have any pockets in it. I mean, I think that's the right way to go, to always make sure that you have a pocket in what you're wearing. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Magical. Stay tuned for another hour ahead, a forum ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. This is Barbara Leslie, President of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, The smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. 
So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found you. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.